Anyway, we'll turn on the audio podcast. For those of you that don't know, if you missed the live video, you can catch us, um, you can catch the audio on podcast. Good morning, Liz. If you uh, just go to, um, if you just go to revealingleaders.com, you can get everything that you need. Good morning, Candice and Amanda. Hi, everybody. Okay, so if you want to catch us on audio, you can go to revealingleaders.com. You can also um, get a bunch of free downloads. Uh, if you go to revealingleaders.com, which Tracy just dropped the link in the comments, and um, you can uh, click free stuff. All right, I get everybody's talking to me here. Kirsten is saying it's a powerful new moon. I see Angie Gibson, hi, and Beth. Glad to see Kirsten on here as well. Okay, so anyway, an hour ago I had nothing to say and I was pretty confident that I was gonna call Tracy and tell her that we weren't gonna go live. And then I asked God to tell me what the hell I should talk about. And within five minutes, literally, I heard it right inside my head, clear as a bell, bloom where you're planted. Um, <clears throat> And that is actually, there's a whole message behind that, so we'll get into that. Uh, that's actually, in some respects, work-wise, what I've been going through for the last little while um, in my own head about, you know, what I'm supposed to do with my life and am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? And it, sometimes it doesn't look the way that I thought it would or the way that I think it should. <clears throat> And I was reading this passage uh, about work from a Catherine Ponder book, and she talked about, you know, that you're always right where you're supposed to be um, for whatever time you're supposed to be there, and that the way, if, if, if where you are does not look like where you want to be, and you're sure that the universe or God has made a terrible mistake, <laughs> the way to move that faster is to... Um, you know, start blessing that circumstance and really be in it and give your best and do your best and bring your best every day and give it your all and stop bitching, whining and complaining about the fact that you're there in the first place. And this goes for a job or a housing situation or a, a, an economic circumstance, any of it, right? So this leads, that whole bloom where you're planted idea leads to this whole thing, which I immediately knew the message that I needed to deliver this morning. So when you are here and you want to go there in your life, whether it's the kind of car that you're driving, the apartment that you live in, the circumstances that you have, the salary that you make or don't make, the job that you have or don't have, the situation that you have or don't have, all of that, you know? We, we hold in mind, we have a manifestation list, we're working towards what we want to make manifest. Meanwhile, we are sitting where we're sitting. And I love to akin this to being stuck in a mud puddle because it, like in just figure like a quick sandy type feeling mud mess and somehow you have gotten yourself into the dead center of it and it's pouring rain and you're and every time you try to get up you fall back down and get filthier 
and now you're bullshit because it's raining and you're in this mud puddle and you're pissed and so just picture like you're swearing and you're aggravated and you keep trying to get up and you're like i'm gonna get out of here and boom you keep okay so you you get that right and that's like how it is when you're frustrated with a circumstance or a particular person in your life that you can't seem to divest yourself of or the fact that your checkbook reads a balance that you don't like over and over again. You see what I'm saying? Anytime you are in something that you do not find favorable, our first reaction is get me the F out of here. This is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not who I'm supposed to be with. This is not where I'm supposed to work. This is not how my life is supposed to turn out. And we're, we're, we're aggravated. <laughs> we're like, get me the F out of here. I'm getting, you know? Okay, so go back to my mud puddle scenario. When you are in a huge mud puddle and it's an absolute disastrous mess and you are bullshit and you keep trying to get up and out of it, you, you keep falling, you keep slipping it's like if you were in quicksand and you're bullshit and you're trying to get out the more you struggle in quicksand the deeper you sink the more you fight the adverse condition and be bullshit at it the bigger it gets the longer you stay in it the more teeth it has into you the way to move through this anything like this is to bloom where you're planted as in shit I'm in the middle of a huge mud puddle. I might as well just make the best of it. I'll make some mud pies. I'll roll around in there. I might as well just get as filthy as I can possibly be and just be enthusiastic about this shit because this is where I this is where I am. This is where I am. So I might as well be happy about that. This is where I am. I'm in a bloom where I'm planted, right? When we rail against anything in anything in life, like, first of all, two things. One, sometimes something is given to you as a, as a learning activity, right, by the universe. And so you've got to learn that lesson before you can elevate. Usually, right before you elevate to some kind of a huge like a next level or a huge blessing, you are tested, man, and it looks like a piece of shit. So that's one thing. The second thing is in order to make manifest the life that you say that you want, you have to raise your worthiness index. So you have to believe that you deserve that to be able to bring it to you. So lots of times when we're down here in the mud puddle, there's a lot of opportunity here there's a lot of lessons to be learned there's a lot of work to do and when we're railing against it when we're banging on it and try to get out of it we're missing the opportunity to to learn what there is to learn the faster you can bloom where you're planted bless what you're in enjoy it make up that you're enthusiastic about where you're at the faster you can get out of there you will gain skills inside yourself by 
turning a hot mess into a blessing. You will gain skills that you may not knew, know that you had by turning it around when you're sitting in the middle of it. So by inviting you to my mud pie party in the middle of my mud puddle and getting excited about making mud pies or rolling in the mud instead of being bullshit that my clothes are getting ruined and I'm sitting in this mud puddle. You see, it's all, you know, we talk about attitude all the time and I talk about how your attitude is, is your attractor and that where you're sitting is going to be your attraction point talk about the law of attraction here on the coffee chat show over and over again blooming where you're planted is making it's not accepting a circumstance that you don't love it, it is but um it's not like settling for that circumstance it's it's being accepting of what you're sitting in the middle of and learning how to make the best of it, bless it, put lipstick and a dress on the pig, have a cup of tea with it. Do you see what I'm saying? Blooming where you're planted is a huge skill because most of us all the time, we're not happy where we are and we want to get somewhere else and we're so busy not being happy where we are and being pissed off that we're not someplace else, we neglect the lessons that are here for us in the mud puddle. There's a lot of lessons in the mud puddle. Those lessons will give you the strength of character to go forward. If you've been a poor sucker for most of your life, and then all of a sudden somebody gives you a job for 200 grand, and you're still in the poor sucker mentality, you will not keep that damn job. You won't. You won't keep the job because you, your own characteristics won't allow you to have it because you don't really think you deserve it because you're still a poor sucker inside your mind. You have to learn to become a grateful, enthusiastic, joyful, non-critical, non-criticizing human being. Raise your own character and your own worthiness index. And then you can receive and keep the blessings that want to find you. So if you are in a mud puddle circumstance, we'll call it, and you are railing and fighting against it and trying to beat it off of you, I have news. You're gonna stay there for a long ass time. When I, Antonio's gonna be 21 next Friday, if you can believe that. I, I'm still like, holy cow. And so, you know, when that happens, you kind of like in your mind go back like the whole time, like, what happened <laughs> in all that time? And although I'm married now and have been since 2019, I was not, um, I was divorced and I was a single mom, as you guys know. And I, you know, nobody else lived with us. I never had a man or a boyfriend live with us or anything. So it was him and I, and I, you know, had to pay for everything and do everything. So way back there when he was like two, he doesn't really remember this, thank God. 
I was really poor. I was two years out of filing bankruptcy. Um, I had nothing. Uh, we had furniture that somebody gave us that was this, <laughs> it was this, it was this mint green leather sofa that my girlfriend had had in her bonus room and it was like chewed up by a dog. <laughs> and that was the sofa that we had. Um, and I lived in a house that belonged to a friend of mine, so the rent was reasonable, but the house was really in poor condition and needed a lot of work. And in the kitchen, the cabinets that were under the kitchen were made of press board and there had been water damage. So when you went to open the um, cabinet, like under the kitchen sink, the whole section would come off in your hand. The whole, the whole cabinet piece, the drawer, everything. Cause it was all press board, it was water damaged. So you had to like, if you wanted to open the cabinet, you had to put one hand like this and then you had to open the door of the cabinet with the other hand so the rest of the cabinet didn't come off, okay? And then in that kitchen, they had put like this commercial grade carpet. It was like everything in there was, remember the old like orange, rust orange from like the 70s? It was an orange and brown like commercial carpet. So, you know, the, the grade of it, it was like this, right? It wasn't plush. It was like a flat, but it was sticky. <laughs> this is so bad no matter how much no matter how many times I tried to clean whatever God only knows what it was but it was your feet would stick to it it was so gross so I I went to like at the time there was a um you know a Walmart no it was a Kmart and you know I got a like an eight by you know, whatever, an eight by 12 or whatever, eight by 10, nine by 12 uh, carpet. And I put it <clears throat> over the carpet in that kitchen. It was a very small kitchen. And I took a, you know, a, a carpenter knife and I cut around the edges. So I made my own like custom fitting carpet, right? Um, and the living room was like that shag orange carpet. It was, listen, there was a roof over our head, there was heat, there was water, there wasn't any rats, there was mice, but there was no rats, there was no bugs. My point is, all of that was the case. What I knew how to do, oh, now I'm gonna cry. What I knew how to do was make the best out of it. I knew how to sew, and I had a sewing machine. And so I went to Kmart and I got, um, you know, the cotton like blankets that go, you know, that you would put on a queen bed or whatever. Um, you know, like they're kind of thin, but you can't see through them. So they're opaque. So I, I got, um, you know, queen size ones of those and I covered the sofa and it took two. So I covered the sofa and I tucked them in. So I made it like a sofa cover and then I got fabric and, um, I had, you know, pillows from before and every year I would just get fabric and I would sew new pillow uh you know throw pillows for the sofa I would sew new ones with the with fabric in my in my little sewing machine and um and I made the best of it I I also got a bigger remnant carpet for the living room you know like a nine by twelve and I saved enough money to get that so you know when you walked in 
and the baby was playing, you didn't see how, you didn't see how poor we were. You didn't notice because I made it nice. Uh, I made it, um, I made it vibrant and I made it nice. And so you didn't, you couldn't see, you know, you didn't know that I, <laughs> you didn't know that I was in the middle of a shithole mud puddle because I, I made the best of it. And that is what it means to, um, you know, bloom where you're planted. Take care of what you've been given. Take care of it to the best of your ability. And, um, you know, make it as nice as you can. You know, you, you, we had the, the house was clean, you know, the bathrooms were, uh, <laughs> this horrible powder blue bathroom with those tiny tiles. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and, you know, I, it was clean and I made the best of it and I got, you know, nice bathroom rugs and, you know, all of that. So, and everything I bought, I bought at Kmart because I didn't have a lot of money. In fact, I had hardly any money at all. And I made, you know, quilts for the beds myself. And um, I got more of those throw blankets. And you you can get a lot of stuff at Kmart, Walmart, you know, all those places. I um, I made it nice, you know. I made it nice. And... Um, and I don't know that Antonio ever remembers, you know, any of, I don't know if he remembers any of that. I think he always just remembers that, you know, we just, we had what we needed. I had friends that gave me so many clothes for him, you know, and I washed them all and they were clean. And um, I used to sew quilt squares into pillows for uh, somebody that was a quilt maker. And so I would make I would get paid $9 for each one that I sold. So at night, I would go down um, to the basement and I would sew, you know, as many as I could. And that extra money was for, um, you know, doing things like buying the, uh, the covers for the sofas and things like that. And, um, you know, we always had what we needed. And I had been practicing prosperity principles, you know, since I was 12. But I had never really taken it. I mean, I had learned it from mom and I had been studying and everything and, and I knew all the stuff. And at this point, I had Antonio when I was 32. Um, and so at that point, for me, that was where the rubber met the road. That's when I started practicing every day, no shit. I had affirmations I did, manifestationless gratitude, all the tools that I talked to you guys about at the point where he was born, I started practicing like my life depended on it. Because it wasn't just my life that depended on it. It was his too. And I came from such a dysfunctional fucking... I love those people, man. I really do. But like, my parents probably shouldn't have been parents. My mom was a great teacher, but not great when it came to like parenting skills. And my dad was not present. And if it wasn't for my grandparents, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. So um, I started practicing as if my life depended on it. Because it did. And then I had this baby and his life depended on it. 
And from that point forward, we only went up. We, we went slow in the beginning. And as I proved the tools that I teach you, as I proved that they work, and I just kept praying for God to show me and help me. And, and, and I sit now before you in a very different place, in a very different place. And I sit here because every day I did what I needed to do. Every day I made the best of that mud puddle. Every day I focused on blooming where I was planted and making the best out of it. And every day I took good care with the things that I had. Um, you know, and I will say this. Everything that I have, I earned, and I see the difference between people that are just given and they don't have like that same um, respect for the capital that they have. Because when you come up from nothing and you earn it, you learn and you grow and you're able to raise your receiving index and your worthiness and and your test becomes your testimony. Um, and when I first moved here and bought this house, it'll be seven years on May 21st that I have had, this is the first and only, this is the first house I ever bought in my whole life, um, seven years ago. And I remember rolling into the driveway when we were looking at houses and this house was so beautiful and on like two acres of land. And I just thought, I, this is, I, wow, this is a really nice house. Like, I don't think I can, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can afford this house. And, you know, someday I'll tell you guys the story of how it came to be. Um, but this house was like a, you know, it was a manifestation of all the work that I had done and I still had to like get used to. And you know, when I, when I moved into this house, it didn't look at all like it looks now, you know, it, it was a beautiful home, but it, we've done, I've done so much work and each year we do more work. And so like, if you look at pictures of the house, when I rolled up in the driveway for the first time and what it looks like now, it's very different because you continue to elevate, you continue to, Bloom where you're planted and work yourself out of, um, you know, what your current circumstances look like and all that. So where I've been caught up in the last, I would say, months, maybe a year now, maybe six months, about bloom where you're planted is, I always just wonder, am I doing enough to make a difference in people's lives? Because probably in 2009, I just said to God, like, look, just use my life. Like, I just make sure that my kid is always safe and that I always can pay my bills and I have what I need and use my life for whatever you want to use it for. Um, and so I have a job now where, well, I have my own company and I contract to the firm and to dealt, you know, all these different things that I do. And, um, and I always, you know, and I touch a, a group of people, right? And and then I'm always just wondering and, and worried, like, is it enough? Am I doing enough? Um, and I realize that this vehicle, you guys, this is where I get to pour out to a, a lot more people. Um, but, you know, that's always a, 
it's always a constant for me. Like my the stuff that I do with business. Christopher Holt. Oh my God, I haven't seen you in forever. I'm so glad to see you. Sorry guys, that's a follower of a long time of ours. I haven't seen him around on a live in a long time. Um, I always just want to make sure, like, is it enough? And the work that I do, how I make my living is all, you know, business oriented work and, and it's leadership training and coaching and stuff like that. But it's also running and watching over businesses, corporations, you know, all of that. And I just, sometimes I wonder, like, am I doing, it, is it enough? Is it, is it enough? And, and I have a coach, a prayer coach, a, a prayer practitioner, you know, that helps keep me straight. I have a couple of people that help keep me straight. And um, they say, you know, you don't know why God puts you where he puts you and, and you're there for a reason and you need to just lean into that and you need to just be grateful for it. And I'm always grateful, always, always, always. I, I, I have the privilege of working with amazing people. I'm just always worried, like, am I, should I be doing more? Is there more to do? I, I always feel like, of course, there's always more to do. But you know what I'm saying. I've been, you know, and so that's where when I read this thing about work in Catherine Ponder's book this week, it was like, oh, you need to just really lean into where you're at right now because you don't know where it's going to lead you. That's the other thing about the being in the mud puddle or um, or not, you know, uh, being in a circumstance that you don't understand or you don't know why you're there or whatever, whatever, or, and it looks yucky. You don't know why you're there. You don't know where it's going to lead you. You don't know what skills you're going to acquire by being in it. Um, and so if you, if you just start blessing it and really being in it and really being grateful for, for all of what you can learn in there, um, You'll move through it faster and you'll be able to extract the good from it faster. Liz just asked me which one of Catherine Ponder's books is it. Um, Liz, it's Catherine with a C and it's The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. Uh, Amazon has it. It's a fairly thick book and it has the red writing on the cover, The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. And it's the chapter about work that is like, mm, I want to say about a third through the book. Um, I've read that book I don't know, four times, and and every time I reread it again, more things sink in. <laughs> so I highly recommend, if you've never read anything of hers before, you could start with Open Your Mind to Prosperity. Um, that's a really easy start. Do I have a copy of it here? Um, no, I don't. I think I gave it away. I constantly buy her books and give them away. But you can um, find all of her stuff on Amazon.com. You can find her books there. And um, I've been studying and reading Catherine Ponder since I was 12. And she has, I don't know, maybe let's say 12 or 15 books that she wrote in her lifetime. She's still alive. She's quite older now. Um, and her and I have exchanged a letter here and there because I have studied her work my whole life. And, and her work has shaped my prosperity practice. And Florence Scovel Shin is another one. Um, I think I've recommended in our newsletter, I've recommended those books to you guys before as well. Florence Scovel Shin was way back, like in the 1930s, 20s, and she has a book called, she has several books 
um, the game of life and how to play it is a really good one. If you've never studied like metaphysical prosperity principles before, Catherine Ponder's Open Your Mind to Prosperity is a really good one. And Florence Scovelshin, The Game of Life and How to Play It is a good one. Also, Florence Scovelshin, The Magic of Intuition, and Louise Hay at Hay House published that one. So anyway, and Amazon has them all. Those are all really great places to start with all, you know, with all the tools and principles that, that we talk about here on the Coffee Chat Show. That's where I started many, many years ago. It'll be 54 this year. Uh, Florence Scovel Shin, Dolly. Uh, Florence, S-C-H-O-V-E-L-S-H-I-N-N. -N. Uh, Rhonda, who I shouted out last week. She's um, Delta Hire. She works with me. And um, it, The Game of Life and How to Play It is a book that I gave everyone um, in, on the crew, on the Delta Hire crew. I don't know if they read it or not. I know Rhonda read it. If you do read it, it will change your life. It's one of those books that if you read it and start to practice what's in it, it will change, you know, it will change the way that you think of things. Okay, Tracy dropped it. I guess there's no H. Thank you, Tracy. All right, you guys, so that's my message for today. Bloom where you're planted. Um, if you just jumped on, you can go back after I post this and you can watch it from the beginning. Um, I gave you a little testimony there of what life used to look like for me many moons ago. I was talking about how I just made the best of what I had been given. It's a great skill to be able to do that. I still do it. There are still, you know, things that I would like to elevate in time. And, you know, we just, you bless and make the best of what you have in front of you. And, and therefore you can move forward and it multiplies and it returns to bless you. So that's, that's how that works. Whenever you fight against something, you will be stuck in it much longer. So I highly recommend just starting to bless the circumstances that you're in, even if you don't like them, and see what you can do to make the best of, you know, where you are. And get joyful about it, you know? If you can get joyful when you're covered with mud and slipping and sliding around in a mud puddle, you know? All right, you guys, have a great week. We'll say goodbye to our... Uh, podcast listeners.